Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back to the 750. I am your ORG Ochoa. He is your 75, two time Super Bowl champion, college football Hall of Famer, and a very, very happy person, along with all Dallas Cowboys fans on this bright and shiny Tuesday morning. It is Tony Casillas. TC, what up? Just like you said, great to be here with you this morning. It's a great way to start your Tuesday morning with a big Cowboy win, a big statement win, I may add. But uh, yeah, it was a. Uh, it was a total ass kicking by the Dallas Cowboys. It was I, a tremendous game to watch. <laughs> I just want to say, Tony, that's the only win that happened at AT&T Stadium over the last few days that I'm choosing to recognize. Any other wins or anything that happened in that building um, last week or so, you know, they don't really mean anything. We don't have to ever talk oh, about Oh, I got to give shout out to the guys, <laughs> Arkansas Razorbacks, and they beat up on, uh, was that the Aggies? Uh, look, Tony. So Jerry Worlds has been good to my, my family. Look, two again, and all. <laughs> that may or may not have happened, you know. Again, nobody, See, he brought no, it up. Nobody really cares. Gonna, you, you thought it was going to be over my head, but I, I had to say something. <laughs> the uh, the Dallas Cowboys thrashed the Philadelphia Eagles forty-one to twenty-one. Um, we don't get to have a morning reaction show all too often because the Cowboys don't play on Monday Night Football all too often. Their only appearance there this season, they hadn't played the Eagles on Monday Night Football since 2008. That was the last season at Texas Stadium. They uh, had their way with Philadelphia then. Uh, is is it fair to say, Tony, that this is this is one of the better post-victory mornings the Cowboys have had in a very, very, very long time? Absolutely. Even at the, just being the third game of the season, I think it's you know, the fans have got to be very optimistic. I'm sure the the players are, and you know the score is 41 to 21, but it really wasn't indicative of how how the, the how close the game was. It, it mm-hmm. never, you know, the confidence that they had on offense, defense, they made plays. Um, you know, they had some fluke plays, and, and you know they wouldn't have gotten a touchdown right. you know, when they got the strip sack. But it definitely wasn't that close. But yeah, it's just one of those games that you just felt like. This is great to watch because it's been a long time since we've seen from start to finish the Cowboys dominate the Eagles in such a big football game. So, yeah, it's just great to watch. And you got to be so optimistic about the rest of the season. Yeah. You know, a a few things here. Uh, The Cowboys are now two and one. So they're above 500. Do you know the last time, Tony, that the Cowboys were above 500? It's been a minute. Well, wasn't that the last time? When's the last time Dak Prescott's the twenty six? When was it twenty? So they they never were above five hundred with Dak last year because they lost the opener and then they won. Well, not last year, I right? You, yeah, I, you talking about the last time that they were five hundred? La- last time they were above five hundred because they're two and one right now. So it has oh, been God. a very long time. 
Yeah, it's been too long. <laughs> the last time was the week before Thanksgiving in 2019. Since then, it's been 500 or below for the Cowboys. And again, some of that is that Dak Prescott missed most of last year. Um, you mentioned it. This this game, I mean, again, 41 to 21, I think is a generous looking score on the Eagles. Cowboys go down score right away. Um, and then, you know, get the Anthony Brown interception and then have the whoops of daisy near their own goal line. But even when it was tied, it, it just the momentum always felt really strongly in the Cowboys favor. The beginning of the second half, Trayvon Diggs gets the pick six. You know, when when you are kind of having these, is Philly going to be able to close the gap or whatever uh, kind of thoughts? And it was I mean, it was an ass kicking. I mean, they they hadn't beat down a team like that. With Dak Prescott in the fall, they didn't do it at all last year. But I mean, in a just extremely long time. And so the the vibes are good. The, this was look, I think you and I both agree, Tony, this is not a good team. Philadelphia Eagles. All right. They're they're trash, right? They're one of the worst teams in the NFL right now. We'll see what their season ultimately looks like. But this was a big opportunity for the Cowboys, a division rival at home, home debut, Monday night football. You got all the legends in the house like Tony Casillas here for the halftime <laughs> ceremony for everybody. Uh, you know, you have a chance to get your first division win, be the only team in the division to get a win in week three. And they won. And they didn't just win. They really did make a statement. It was impressive. And I think that they, you know, the the only, I guess, negative thing that I would have to say about Kellen Moore is why you drop him back in the end zone to throw the ball. But I thought the the rest of the game was remarkable how they just, the play calling and some, the, you know, just being able to score that many points and, you know, I think that they answered, like, as you mentioned, right at, at the halftime. They come out, the Eagles get the balls. Uh, we're going to try to take the ball down and score and, you know, bring it where it's be like a one-possession game or whatever the score was at that time, 14 to 7 or something like that. But anyway, the point is, is that it could got it change and pivot the game. And, I mean, Trayvon Diggs, three interceptions. That hasn't been done since Everson Will, Walls in the first three games. The Cowboys lead the NFL in takeaways, RJ. The Dallas Cowboys, your Dallas Cowboys, polo wearing RJ Ochoa today, <laughs> your Cowboys lead the NFL in takeaways with eight, eight takeaways. That's so crazy. But so they needed that. That was the momentum. Right. That was kind of put the dagger in their heart and just suck the wind out. Because as you mentioned, they're not a very good team. You put Jalen Hurts in a situation where you make him a drop back passer. And all he's doing is I'm running for his life because he's not a pocket guy. I mean, that is the first, that is the perfect, uh, you know, that's a perfect formula to being able to dominate and just put any hope in them, you know, the race at because of what they were able to do with that pick six. I mean, that was just a great and to set the tempo for the second half. It really was. And I do we have a lot of celebrating to do, but there are a couple of things that I know I want to be critical of, not want to be, have to be, you know, because we got to do a job around here, Tony. Um, and so I want to make sure that we give all proper due to the moment and the great win. Again, this is a good week. The Cowboys are now two and one. Uh, they have the Carolina Panthers on Sunday without Christian McCaffrey, without JC Horn. I didn't believe much in the Panthers anyway. I know they're undefeated, but it's kind of a bit of a paper tiger situation, in my opinion. They have the Giants next week, maybe the actual worst team in the NFL then they go visit New England and it is Bill Belichick but they certainly look very beatable this year they could very conceivably Tony get the five and one uh at the bye and then come out of it with Lyle Collins back hopefully Michael Gallup's fully healthy and I think that that's you know 
something that's kind of easy to forget. Remember the Friday after the Cowboys lost to the Buccaneers? We were all like, man, you know, what a great performance last night. This team can compete. Yeah, they lost, but, you know, there's, there's a lot to be excited about. And then all hell breaks loose. Michael Gallup's out. Lyle Collins suspended. Uh, Randy Gregory's placed on COVID. Demarcus Lawrence breaks his foot. Ty Insecki has heat exhaustion. Donovan Wilson has his groin issue. Uh, I mean, it just it, it felt like, you know, the world was ending for the Cowboys. And since all of that happened, they are 2-0. It's two games, small sample size, but one of those wins against a very good team on the road against the Los Angeles Chargers. The other, the aforementioned big-time moment that they had against the Eagles. I mean, is, is your overall sense of this team starting to, to rise? Are you starting to feel more encouraged about this team than you did maybe when the season began? Absolutely. I think when you're out with a lot of your components, key players, and you're able to overcome that uh, with uh, the guys that are available, I think one of the things, uh, the main the caveat to this is is the Dak Prescott because he holds his team together. He's playing at an unbelievable level. Um, but they're able to kind of whatever they need to do, work around that and game plan and do use the players that they have. You have guys last night making plays that, that last year, I don't know if you had the confidence or the year before, the depth of this team really didn't – couldn't get you through until you you, you kind of righted the you know, righted the storm right the ship. So, you know, for me, this is something that you really, as I mentioned last week, I really thought when they beat the Chargers, that was a tremendous win for them because they overcome a lot of things in the game to actually you know get a win. But you know, when you got guys that you're, you know, Terrence Still, you know, you know, stepping in, and you know, guys that are the the Micah Parsons that are continue the ball guys that really that uh that you hadn't planned on to be the the main ingredient all of a sudden you're you're, they're making plays and so that's got to be that's got to be very very uh you have a lot of confidence in that because you 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 you're building this and molding this thing where it doesn't matter who we have available we're going to go out there and find a way to win and to me you couldn't have said that two or three years about this team so to me, it's definitely it's a, one of the most positive things I've seen on, on this team in a long time. Yeah, I mean, it's the energy's good, and that's a really great thing. And again, the schedule's soft, and if, if they can somehow get through, you know, this stretch, even if they, you know, again, I think it's very possible they're five and one at the bye. But even if they're four and two, if if someone, you know, had shown up to to your front door and said, Tony, I can guarantee you the Cowboys are four and two at the bye a month ago, you would have taken that, you know, ten out of ten times. And so I think that's important. Um, I do want to bring up two negative things, Tony, because yeah. well, there was there, oh. there was some doubt, a little doubt that kind of creeped in whenever they did get that that freaky, you know, that that freaky, you know, strap that's uh, you know, when Fletcher Cotts recovered the fumble. I'm like, oh my right. god. Seven to seven. But yeah, to your point, yeah, there is some negative things that you can add to that. Well, so I don't have a huge problem with that. I mean, it's freaky. You're near the goal line. Not ideal. That's also on deck. Can't hold the ball that long. You know, all those things are correctable. Tyler Biotish had a bad game. He's had a bad yeah, start to the bad, season. Yeah. Um, well, he had a tough challenge. It, that totally. matchup was tough. That was a tough matchup for him. He did, and he is still young in his NFL career, but, you know, definitely a point of weakness on the mm-hmm. offense. Um, Tony, this is kind of the talking point all throughout, you know, Cowboys Nation. In fact, while you and I are recording, uh, Jerry Jones was just asked about this on 105.3 The Fan. You were there. You were in the building. What did you think of Mike McCarthy not calling a timeout at the end of the first half when the Eagles had the ball, Cowboys were up 20-7, to 7, it's 
it's, it's an opportunity where Mike McCarthy can get the ball back for his team. One of the best offenses in the NFL that we all agree on. And so, but he, he just kind of, he punted that opportunity. In fact, I don't know if you've seen the broadcast yet. I know you don't sleep, Tony. Tony never sleeps there, but he's up at 4 a.m. every day, you know, when he sleeps in. Uh, but <laughs> the broadcast was killing him for this. And I haven't watched the, uh, the Manning cast yet. But I have seen Peyton Manning was killing him for this and saying, take a timeout, get the ball back, go score, get an opportunity to score. And Mike McCarthy just not at all concerned about this. People have been skeptical of his clock management issues. Obviously, the way the Cowboys handled the end of the game against the Chargers last week, they did win to their credit. Um, and I was not as down on him as most people were after that. But this was really troublesome is a heavy word. Again, they won. But this. This could be an issue against a better team, which is what a lot of people are worried about. Well, especially when you can have a chance and let's just, you got a plan and, and just kind of you know, just do hypothetical. They get the ball at, you know, in, in the second half and they take the ball down and get a field goal to score. You got to take advantage of having possessions, right? And I think maybe it's kind of part of him had so much confidence, but you're right. I think that he should have really just thought about, let's just leave. Let's try to get down there. You know, last week when they went went down and scored against the Chargers, the very end of the game. Yeah, you know, they they should have tried to convert another play. Poor, you know, a clock management there. But this is another example. Just go ahead and put your throat on their neck, man. And Seriously. go ahead and try and, and, and try to do something. Worst case scenario is that you've given the ball back and you saw that their offense has struggled against your defense. They haven't really been able to do a whole lot. So just, you know, you know, gamble a little bit. I mean, but I, I don't, see, I don't think maybe. it's even gambling. Like, I, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I, mean maybe for, I, I think maybe it's for playing smart. It yeah, it's just, I think his self-awareness of what's going on is is he's thinking really conservative and not really the analytics of it. And maybe that's, you know, he's always been the guy that, I don't know if he's talked about analytics or whatever the possessions <laughs> and everything. But uh, well, the, the, the thing, you know, it's it's just clearly simple. He should have tried it's, to it's unacceptable. get more points. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, like there's something to the, like, disposition of step on their throats, like you said. That's one thing. But, like, that, aside from that, which, again, I acknowledge that that's a point, just opportunities to score are precious. You know what I mean? Like It was you, very anticlimactic. I'm thinking, okay, you know, this is like, you know, we, there's some drama going on. You know, try to take the ball down and score, and then all of a sudden you're like, really? Well, and you're he, give them the ball back and, and punt the ball? I mean, come on. What he said after was that he was fine with the lead they had, 20 to 7. And I'm not saying Mike McCarthy is a, a loser, but that is loser mentality to me. Because if you're fine, the moment you are fine in the NFL, the moment you lose. Because, again, you were playing the Eagles who are bad, and you were able to kind of, you know, sit on cruise control in the second half. You, you know, they did score, obviously. You know, again, the pick six at the beginning of the half. And then they come out with 27 to 7, like, right. Yeah, but, I told you. <laughs> but, like, you – that, that was not you, you, you know, can't so, think that right. yeah you can't yeah. guarantee that and so like again right. the throwing away a possession is is really reckless to me and i think you know and i said this on the post game show mike mccarthy deserves credit because we do tend to give credit to wow kellen moore's offense dan quinn's defense dak prescott like we give credit to everybody but mike mccarthy again they've been dealing with a lot of injuries they're two and one he deserves his fair share of credit for that but he deserves an enormous amount of blame for this because, again, if this was against the Chiefs, if this was against the Bucks, if this was against the Rams, I mean, that team burns you. You need no team, no good team in the NFL 
would thumb their nose at an opportunity to score. And that's what Mike McCarthy did. Again, the fact that he's saying he was comfortable with the lead, that is a really troubling comment to me. Well, and in his defense, if there's any defense, I understand if you're playing Kansas City, you're playing the Rams, you're playing a really good team, then maybe you you don't punt it. Not that not that it's okay. And it's when it comes to you know, football management one-on-one for a head coach. Those are something of things you got to be able to look at and just really just kind of finish them, okay? And I think if they would have scored and or kicked the field goal, then you're talking about, you know, this, you know, piling up on even more. But um, maybe maybe it was a thank you. Maybe it's like, yeah, I feel comfortable with the lead. Maybe if we're playing Kansas City or a better team, then I would have had a different thoughts on that. But then hey, that's silly. It should. I know it you agree. Is. It should be the same all the time, no matter who you're playing. Oh, I, I, I agree with that. But I'm just – this, that that is probably his thought process, and you know, fortunately, Trayvon Diggs backed him up and got the pick six. <laughs> yeah, um, that was great. I have one other thing um, that I have a big problem with, but uh, to stay somewhat sequential, um, halftime. What was it like? Jimmy gets his Hall of Fame ring. Cliff Harris, Drew Pearson, lots of you know alum in the house. It just it had to be. Uh, it was a party of a night. It was very electric. I, I think that. Uh, whenever you're able to go to a game like that. And I, I can tell you that I've been to games like that where they've recognized, you know, legends, you know, getting the ring of honor or getting a pro football hall of hall of fame ring that it, it wasn't going as well as it did last night. The Cowboys weren't kicking the other team's butt. So mm-hmm. it made it even better to be able to enjoy that. But the relish of moment when Drew Pearson and Cliff Harris and then Jimmy, yeah, I, I, he had to take, a, you know, drop the mic on how about them <laughs> Cowboys. It, it was it was amazing. And then um, and there's 93,000 people at the game. So that was another thing. The crowd was amazing. Being, and, and that's what it's about. I think that, that when all the fans are able to be able to be part of something like that in history, um, it was just I was sitting in a relish and I was just I was like a kid and just knowing to be part of that. But it was so cool. I will say this about it. this is and I don't know if anybody that listens to our podcast or it goes to our platform. My son wore a throwback, Roger Staubach, number 12. I had it signed. I said he was in town and went to the game with me. And some somebody, I don't know if he's drunk or anything, he goes, he walked by me and says, F Staubach. And I'm like, this guy walked back and said that to my son with the, the Roger Staubach. I'm like, you mm-hmm. know, right. You know, that's like saying that F your mom, right? I mean, you just don't say that. But anyways, to your point, it was, yeah. like, it was like legendary to be able to, to see Jimmy and, uh, you know, everyone out there. And like I said, I mean, the coin the phrase about them Cowboys, I was hoping he would do that. And it was just it just kept a, just a great night off of just uh, success. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. 
Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, you know, he didn't do it in his Hall of Fame speech. And it did kind of feel like, oh, man, you know what I mean? Like you were kind of waiting for that. And so it was a really great moment, certainly uh, for Jimmy. Glad so many people were there. Uh, just and you, you're right. You mentioned it. You know, normally those halftime ceremonies have been in tight games um, yeah. like, you know, Darren Woodson uh, went into the Ring of Honor uh, in 2015 when the Cowboys played the Seahawks and it was just it was tight and it was sticky and it just wasn't a good mm-hmm. game and the night that Jerry Jones actually got his Hall of Fame ring um, I don't know how well you remember this the Cowboys were getting whipped or they at the at halftime they weren't but in the second half they got whipped by the Eagles that was actually uh, the worst loss at the time in the history of AT&T Stadium the Cowboys lost I think that was November 19th 2017 right. um, so this was the very you know polar opposite energy good times like you said you know first game back first game full fans etc the Cowboys are dominating everybody was a little bit down on Mike McCarthy right there so you know that was the one kind of demerit um, <laughs> it's I a d- home opener too and that's yeah. a game that you just you just kind of this is how you want to start and it was very very positive so my other negative thing, just to get it out of the way, and then we can end with some some more, you know, kudos and kumbayas. Um, Greg Zerline missed an extra point in this game, and I don't mm. want to harp on this. I don't want to, like, become annoying about this. But, Tony, he has missed a kick in nine. He has played 19 games with the Dallas Cowboys, you know, dating back to last year. He has missed a kick in nine of them. Nine of 19. That is 47% of the time. I mean, it is almost a coin flip proposition that he is going to miss a kick of some kind, which is literally costing you points. I mean, you can make a very strong argument that he actually costed the Cowboys their week one win over the Buccaneers, which we talked about two weeks ago. And, you know, I I think it's actually, it's more than reckless. It's irresponsible to have him be out there. He's missed an extra point, Tony, in two of three games this season. And, and again, not a field goal. It's not like he's missing 50 yarders. And to his credit, he made the game winner against the Chargers. Good for him. But he has missed an extra point in two of three games. I, I, I hate to, you know, come on here, any platform and, you know, call for somebody's job because it's hard. You know, he, he's, he's a person with a family, certainly rooting for Greg Zerland to have success. But it is not a good idea for the Cowboys to continue to trot him out there. I really believe that. And it seems like this is an expectation when you go when he when he you know, does a PAT or field goal, uh, and that's the expectation that he's he may miss it. And I don't know if that's like festering in his mind or uh, the confidence factor and everything else. And ever since they moved that that the you know the extra point back, now it's it's very very symbolic. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it's it's shakier for a lot of kickers, to your point. Well, yeah, I I mean, I know I haven't done this, but I wonder what the percentage of how many extra points have been missed this year in the National Football League. But I mean, really, who cares? And you're talking about your your guy, your kicker, and Greg Zerline. But at one point in a close game, and we go back to the first game of the season 
against Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, those things add up, and I don't know what they're going to do. I think last you know last week he was a, a hero. Yep. And you know this week is like okay, we need to figure it out. Um, but it's gotten to be something that's been really inconsistent, and it's got to drive the special teams coach. Uh, was a hassle. Must it, it's <laughs> it, him it crazy. feels like a hassle. It's uh, John Fossil who blamed Fossil. Cowboys fans Fossil? last week. By the I was way, of hassling. I'm sorry. My yeah. Bad. Um, I was thinking Giants, but anyway. No, but it, it's, I mean, again, I, you know, I tweeted this out that it, it, he's going to cost the Cowboys a game. Like we both said, you can already say that he costed the Cowboys a game, but I mean, he's just not reliable. I mean, and that sucks, but you you cannot rest on your laurels with this because you're going to, this is the NFL. In two of the three games you've played, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, they've come down to last second field goals and you cannot rely on him. If you do, you're asking for trouble. And so that kind of goes back to Mike McCarthy has, a, and this isn't a bad thing. I said, I've said this for years. He has a bit of an arrogance to him. You know, like when he was asked about the, the not calling timeouts thing, it's like, well, I'm comfortable with the lead. That's great that you're comfortable, Mike, but what about logic and reason? You know what I mean? And the Cowboys continue to believe in Greg Zerline, and that's just, I mean, I don't know. So those are the, besides Tyler Biotis, those are the only real negatives I had from the game. Um, you mentioned Trayvon Diggs. Dude, how about Osa Adigizua? Holy crap. Yeah. I mean, what? That a hell of a game. If he had stayed number 75, the show would be in much better hands. You know, <laughs> it is what it is. But, man, I mean, what a stud. And I, I certainly am excited to see Neville Gallimore back, but his injury really opened a, a door of opportunity for Osa to really shine early on this season. Yeah, I think he's got he's some tremendous sayings. His third game as a rookie against a team that really that you had, you wanted to, utilize and really make plays inside. And he was very active, big sack. Um, but it's just a great example of what else, the tandem of guys that they have on the line of scrimmage that can create opportunities. And, you know, for a big man, dude, he's very, very agile, very quick, very disruptive. It made a play when you needed one, when he got the sack against Jalen, you know, Jalen Hurts. Mm. That was a huge play. So you're right. And when they get everyone back, that's the thing about it. I mean, it, we're not even last. It seemed like there's been times we always talk about the people they don't have on the field. And that's the reason why they're not winning. And now it's the guys that are on the field that you're not even thinking about the guys that they don't have. Right. So that's a good thing to have. And it's a good thing about Dan Quinn's defense. I mean, he's a dude that's made it simple. You know, guys, they line up. It, it's, it's running downhill. And what I really like is how they fly around to the ball. I mean, they swarm. And in the National Football League, you got to be able to do that. And you know, some teams don't have that, but there's a lot of guys who are just really swarming the ball, and really, that's really paying dividends. And that's really one of the reasons why they lead the NFL. Mm. You hear that, RJ? Say it again. They lead the NFL in takeaways, everybody. How about so, that? I, you know, <laughs> after the Tampa game, they had four takeaways in that game, to be very clear. And I, I said, you know, on our shows that some of them were fluky. The, the Trayvon pick was off of a tip pass from Leonard Fournette. You can't count on that every week, right? You know, you know, a running back should catch the ball. Leonard Fournette didn't. The, uh, the Hail Mary that Tom Brady had was an interception. That one really got to be around it. You right. Be no, I wanted to make the play. I agree. And that's what you said yeah. the following week. But the, the one that I will count the least is the Hail Mary at the end of the first half. Because that's just a yeah. throw it up. You know what yeah. I mean? But yeah. but yeah. since since then, you know, they had the two uh, plays last week against the Chargers and the DeMonte Casey interception was really, really 
again, a bad throw by Justin Herbert, but Tra- all of Trayvon Diggs' since then, or rather the two of them against Justin Herbert, this one was just incredible. I mean, Anthony Brown gets a pick, you know, because Jalen Hurts throws a terrible ball. But, I mean, dude, I mean, that's just what happens. You know, and I, I don't want to say it's luck or it's, you know, the ball bouncing away because th- this wasn't a tip, you know, sort of thing. Again, the Anthony Brown pick was I mean, I think I could have caught that. You know what I mean? Anthony Brown's just fielding a pop fly there. But, you know, he's still got to do it. Uh, but Trayvon Diggs, like, they, they, it, you know this better than anybody. It becomes contagious. You played in Super Bowl 27. You know, when, when turnovers come, it just it's a ripple effect. And all of a sudden, call gosh, it, yeah. yeah, call it doubt, call it whatever starts to seep into the opposing offense. But it just seeps in and is something that can't, you know, the opposing offense can't get away from last week after the Cowboys uh, had six turnovers through their first two games. Uh, we studied uh, the rate of turnovers uh, since 1970. And, you know, it showed that the Cowboys were going to average about two turnovers a game for the rest of the season. Lo and behold, they got two last night. And granted, they did obviously uh, have the whoops daisy after the Anthony Brown interception, thanks to Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave. But I mean, the Cowboys scored. They, they, you, if you're scoring off of off of turnovers like Trayvon Diggs, that's obviously a, a pick six. But that you're going to win most games if if you're winning the turnover battle and if you're scoring off of turnovers. Those are things we haven't seen from the Cowboys in a very long time. Yeah, and to the point about being in the right place at the right time. I mean, that's that's playing discipline. Uh, that's not not the mental errors that they had last year. Where whatever defense they were doing, and they just didn't understand. They guys weren't in the right place. So. You have to be in a place to be able to be able to, to act up on the ball. And I think for them, you know, as I mentioned in this Dan Quinn defense, it's a lot – it's more refined in a way where it's it's simpler. Uh, and guys are just you – know, really, they're just a responsibility, playing their roles. And that's all you got to do. Most of the time, you know what, well, you're going to get beat. But if you're in the right place and they do throw a throw bad ball and you're just so happened there, okay, I want to make the play. So – it's a combination of that. You got to have luck. You know, I, I say this all the time. If you don't have luck, you're not winning. And yeah, if you're it's, not, it's if a you're weird game. Making, you you, yeah. you got to have luck sometimes because you got to force it, and you got to be in your, you got to you got to be in the right spot. You got to understand the your your role and and be consistent with that. All I know is like there's been a lot of teams, a lot of you know I you know teams I you know games that we've lost or you know I've witnessed games. Yeah, they're they're very talented. They make plays, but there's three or four or five plays in the game that guys are like freelancing or making mental errors. And those are the plays that really, really end up hurting you. Yeah, and I think that, you know, as an example of that, and I'm not I'm not trying to say the Cowboys are better or worse than I'm not you know, I'm just this is an example. You look at what the Chiefs did this past weekend. Patrick Mahomes tries to throw a no-look pass, doesn't quite put it on the money. It's a tip ball that is an interception the other way. Yeah. The the freelance play there at the end, him and Travis Kelsey not on the same page, just kind of heaves it up. Again, and there was some they, guy there to that to, yeah. to you know to to react to the ball. Exactly. And so those things, if you're disciplined, and I think that's the the main difference in people, people talk so much about, you mentioned it, things are much more simpler for the Cowboys defense under Dan Quinn than they were Mike Nolan. And that's true, but that that is kind of lending to them. I don't want to say staying home, but staying in their lane. And I don't mean literally. I mean staying in their lane in terms of what they're able to do. You're not seeing anybody try to be the hero on this defense because they have a, eleven guys who are capable of doing their jobs. Right? Like you hear that cliche all the time. Just just do your assignment, win your battle, whatever, and then we'll prosper on defense. But that's happening. Micah Parsons dominated. Randy Gregory didn't show up in the box score, but man, Randy Gregory had a hell of a game. I mean, Randy yeah. Gregory. 
that that might be the the most important thing. I mean, I don't want to take away from Micah Parsons, but Randy Gregory looking like a man on fire is really changing this pass rush. And having him next to Micah Parsons on that line, not next to literally, but I mean, just I, I haven't seen the Cowboys get after the quarterback like that or even like this, like back to back weeks. You know, it's been a very long time since we've seen it. I don't, I don't want to even call it a ferocious pass rush. I mean, it's just been sound, fundamental defensive football. Well, look uh, how many times Jalen Hurst was like running for his life. Right. I mean, I, how many, how many two yard scrambles, how many two yard gains did he have when he ran almost 60 yards when he was like rolling out? It's ridiculous because guys are running to the ball, you know, to the point of being, knowing their responsibility, not being impatient, not saying, Oh, I got to go make a play. Right. Understanding the defense and the plays will come to you. And sometimes People don't understand how hard that is. Like, okay, I got to stay there. I got to, I got to maintain. I got to be patient and let it come to me. And, and, and to me, that's when you start getting a confidence in what you're the, the system you're in. And I, I think a lot to a lot of that has to do with Dan Quinn and his philosophy. And these players really understanding. Look, trust me, trust me, guys. You know what? There's times when you call a blitz, and if I call a blitz, you don't get home. I'm not going to call it. So trust me, be patient, and good things are going to happen. Yeah, he eight just, takeaways again. Eight takeaways in that. I'm sorry. No, uh, I mean, uh, when's the last time we were able to say the Cowboys led a, a category three games in the season or two and one with eight? Man, that's amazing. No, I mean it is, and and it's again they're not all again. But to go back to the luck thing, they're not. It's not like they're just getting these weird, you know, uh, like you know, Jalen Hurts drops the ball type fumble, you know, plays, whatever they're making plays on the ball. Like Trayvon Diggs is pick six. It's a play on the ball. And that's what we've really wanted to see. And I think that it, again, it, to go back to the point, it becomes contagious when, when Trayvon Diggs is out there with dominance, with authority, it just, the, the whole defense walks and talks differently. And, and they really, really, really have that now call it the Micah Parsons effect, call it Dan Quinn. I think the Dan Quinn thing is just, he's an adult in the room. And, and this, you know, anytime you bring this up, it makes Mike Nolan look so bad. And I, I, I'm sure he's a nice guy. Uh, but I mean, there's just, there's a lot more energy and, you know, common sense in the room than there was last year. They, it and was, that's what you meant, energy. Right. And, and, and it's infectious. And I think that's what Micah Parsons brings because his, his energy is passion, infectious. And the thing about the takeaways all of a sudden, those defensive backs, everyone's in the room like, dude, I want to get mine. I want to get mine. So all of a sudden, it becomes a mindset because everyone else is getting theirs. And so it becomes more and more of a passion to get a takeaway in a big play. But Micah Parsons, for a rookie, you would never think he's because he's so infectious with his passion. I think a lot of guys feed off that. You know, uh, I talked about this in the postgame show. It sucks that the Patrick Sertan did not make it to the Cowboys because it's like imagine a secondary with Sertan. Well, you got let let it go, man. No, no, but let I mean, go. like what I'm saying is, it, you know, everybody was bummed on draft night when when it didn't go the Cowboys' way. But Micah has really, I mean, made it okay. I mean, he is just he is a stud. He is a. And we super all can stud. agree the defensive back position is probably the hardest position to play in a National Football League. Right, you're not going to be as a big an impact your first year like Micah Parson has 
as an edge rusher, wherever he is on the field, it makes such a huge contribution. And that's, you know, that has certainly changed the narrative that now Micah's playing along the edge and not at the linebacker spot because that's a much more valuable position. And who knows how much more of that he plays. Obviously, when Demarcus Lawrence gets back, that'll be interesting. It is exciting to think, oh, man, this team is dominant. They don't have Tank. They don't have Lyle Collins. They don't have Michael Gallup. You know, what's what's everything going to look like when all the pieces come together? Can they get to a point in the middle of the season where they're gelling and they're healthy and, and on and on? It's a marathon of, of a season and, and things do change week to week. I mean, two weeks ago, again, like I said, felt like the sky was falling because everybody, you know, is hurt. Everybody's, you know, down. The Cowboys are losing people left and right, et cetera. Um, and so when, when that happens, I think you need a stabilizing presence and a stabilizing force. And that's why the last thing that I have today is, man, Dak is just incredible. I mean, just it is I don't even have words to to describe what it's like to have him be the quarterback of this team. He is remarkable. I mean, he he's just come such a long way. And I mean, they he is the the nucleus of the team. I mean, there, there are a lot of important people. I don't mean to take away from anybody else, but they go as he goes. And he was, you know, I don't want to say he was on fire, didn't like carve up the Eagles, but he was on fire in the right ways. He was just, I mean, he's QB1. I mean, I really have nothing else to say other than that. I mean, Dak Prescott well, was, was amazing. Well, he signed three touchdowns in, what, 20 games? I don't know, whatever it is, but the, the statistic, it's him and Danny White, and I think it's uh, Tony Romo leads for games or three touchdowns or more, something like that. Right. I know you're the stat guy. But anyways, the, 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 the fact of the matter, let me spit it go. out, is that Mac to the is, fatter, yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's early. Uh, he is – I think he has proven himself that people – there's always been these people that haven't been, um, you know, dad guys. Right. But I think what he has done with his leadership skills and his passion, and I hope he doesn't change. I don't think he is. I think he's 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 pretty humble guy. And I think that's the best thing about him. He's a humble guy and he understands it. He understands his team. And I think that the team really has so much respect for him. And the best thing about it is he goes out there and balls. He makes things happen. And just the, the fact that him being so – he's got so many weapons. I mean, RJ, you just don't understand the guys that he has to, to throw the football with. That make, by the way, make these ridiculous catches. Cedric Wide Wilson receiver. had the catch of the season. I know oh, it didn't my, count, but, man, that was sick. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's, now it's becoming like these NBA, NBA players of athleticism, right? Because I think – but just every week. But anyway, he's putting the ball where – in a spot where it needs to be. And just, you got to give Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore's done a tremendous job with, with the play calling. I think it's hard for a defense to sit there and just kind of, you know, if you want to double someone with well, someone else on the other side of the field, they're going to hit you. The tight ends, I mean, the tight end, we had a great night for the tight ends. But mm -hmm. that's what he's able to do. He's able to see everything and understand the offense. And I think for me, the thing, the, the best thing about him is he's so, he's consistent and he's efficient. He's and the man. He, and the guy and there's a lot of trust in him. So I third game of the season. I hope this continues. But right now, Dak Prescott is having an MVP season. Um, Tony, the United States defeated Europe in the Ryder Cup, and America's team defeated the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football. It's great, great <laughs> week for the red, white, and blue. It was. It was. I was a great I, I thought it was kind of boring on the Ryder Cup. I really well, because they, they dominated. You know what I mean? They kicked their ass so bad. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It was a 
it was a good it was a good one for a good weekend for uh america's teams that's right so uh congratulations to steve stricker to mike mccarthy uh to you know bryson DeChambeau, dak prescott brooks kapka mari cooper jordan spieth cd lamb all the guys uh on both uh you know teams represented by the united states uh tony any final thoughts and just any, any it doesn't have to be guys related you know any anything you want to say in life before we leave floor is yours tremendous win for the cowboys that's Great. Right. Just keep keep it going against Carolina. It's a short week. Uh, short week, and they get a long week. What kind of crap is that? They're coming off Thursday night football. Cowboys coming off Monday night football. It's lame. It doesn't matter. You know, I always thought, just keep the momentum going. Let's play tomorrow. Oh, no. <laughs> let's, go, let's, let's go get two let's more takeaways. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Respect. Okay. Actually, my last thing. The Cowboys have eight takeaways right now. When you and I speak next week, will they have double digits on the season? Sam Darnold. Mm, I'm going to say they'll get one. I don't know if they'll have 10, right? Uh, so the, yeah, go one nine. would put them at nine, right, right. Yeah, I, I, I'm just going to go. That's, that's, that's quite a stat. Okay. But I'm going to say I'm going to go the under on that. I think they'll get one against Carolina. But two, if they're two, oh, like, man, this is going to be crazy. You're no yeah, fun. I, I, I'm, I'm going yeah. to predict two just because to make it interesting, to make it spicy. So, um, sweet. Uh, Tony, you said it all. Uh, congratulations to the Cowboys. Everybody follow Tony on Twitter at TC Casillas. Check out the Tony Casillas show. This man is busy. Like I said, never sleeps. He slammed four coffees since we've been on in the 750. Uh, everybody have a great hey, week. The fact, that I, the, oh. the fact that I'm up so early this morning, this is, you know, I had, I had to keep up with the young ones, but yeah, oh, it was, I mean, it, more coffee. You, know, yeah, you, yeah. You, you had a good time. You know, some, some would say you, you tied one on, uh, you know, on, on Monday night at AT&T stadium and, you know, some would say that, you know, you woke up still in a, in a particular state. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, so everybody have a great week. The Dallas Cowboys won. The Philadelphia Eagles lost. This was the 750.